When we started our deconstruction journey, Chelsea and I both expanded our knowledge and our worldview by reading books and following social media accounts of people like Dante Stewart, people like Nadia Boltz Weber, Sarah Bessie, and Rachel Held Evans. And even though Rachel Held Evans has passed, she started a conference in Minneapolis called the Evolving Faith Conference. It's a conference that Brian and I would love to attend. Definitely. It would be a dream to be there. This conference is in October and Brandon and I did the budget and it looks like it'll be about $1,100 for us to go. We've started this podcast and we, we do it on our own and we do it for you guys. We have some sponsors, but we really need your help with this. Yeah. And so we've done the math and we figured that if every one of our listeners just gives $8, then we could go to this conference for ourselves and for you. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that we could do it if we do it all together. So you'll find information in the link of our bio and this video for the next couple of episodes in our podcast so that you know how you can help us get to the Evolving Faith Conference. Thank you in advance for the way that you help us. We love you dropouts. Hi, that's Chelsea. And that's Brandon. And you're listening did to the I Religious point, Dropouts podcast. Did I just point the wrong way? Are you over here when they see it or what? I don't know. Alicia, please fix it. <laughs> I'll just do both. Sweet. It's Brandon. And you're listening to the Religious Dropouts. Thanks for dropping in. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> Anyways. I see what you did. <laughs> Welcome. Um, we hope you guys are having a good week. Yeah. Uh, Brandon's got, he wanted to say thank you. What's, what's the update on the, with the fundraiser? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we have had like seven or eight different people give us different amounts and we're at about uh, $200 raised for us to go to Minneapolis. We love you guys. That's just incredible. Your support yeah. is amazing. Yeah. We're really excited and, um, and really praying that we, we can get to go and, um, and that it's it's not too much of a burden. Like we're hoping it's good. So I know we're gonna be we're gonna be really excited to be able to bring a lot back for you guys and just to rub shoulders with some of the different people there. And um, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just gonna be great. So we just really hope that you'll that you'll help us in that. And for those of you that have, we just thank you so much. And for those of you that haven't, but you're just praying, um, we appreciate you too. Like we love you guys. So thanks for being here. Definitely, I have this image in my head where Chelsea's gonna walk into the elevator and. Uh, it's going to go down. And then the next floor, Nadia Boltzweber is going to get out. And like, I swear to God, right I don't want that to happen because I will shit myself. And oh. if I, that happens to me, speaking of shitting myself, um, I was thinking of our most embarrassing stories today. And oh I was thinking about this time. I, I worked at this place, like this small, it was like a smaller ice cream place. And I worked there and uh, I was like serving a customer and I just felt the rumbles. And I was just like, I know that whatever is about to take place is not going to be good, but I'm just going to finish this customer real quick. Cause he just got like a, like a Sunday or whatever. So I was at the ice cream machine putting in like the bottom layer. And I just had this like little fart and it felt pretty small, felt like okay. nothing I really needed to be concerned about. However, it was concerning and it was not, a, it was not just a fart. It was as people describe a shart and, Ugh. um, the worst part was it like literally like a tiny bit started coming down my leg while I was like cashing the customer out. It was the most shameful moment of my whole life other than being in a denomination that was not affirming for so many years. That was also very shameful. But anyway, Ooh, neither here him. nor there, but <laughs> yeah, 
but um but my dad this is the worst part though the shitting your pants is whatever okay but right i had to call, i had to call my mom i'm like mom please be right my mom's like i cannot bring you pants i'm super busy at work no i'm like mom i am literally in a crisis like i cannot even work like this and so my mom like hangs up on me and i'm like oh my god what am i gonna do so i call my dad and i'm like dad or no, I don't call my dad. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I start like almost having a panic attack. I'm like crying. And my dad calls me and he's like, hey, uh, I'll be there in five minutes with pants. I'm like, oh my God. So then I realized that my mom called my dad and told him everything that happened. And my dad brought me pants and it was so embarrassing. I'm like, wow. So now he knows the story because my mom's mouth. You're the worst mom. Hope you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, it was devastating. Anyways, so I always right. struggle with this question because I feel like I make awkward situations happen all the time. <laughs> uh, like, but I have learned to live with them. But most embarrassing moment is I haven't told you this, Chels. Uh, oh, I don't know if this is most embarrassing because like I said, I've learned to live with it. But here's right. an embarrassing story. Okay. And I was like a ninth grader. And I was helping with the middle school swim team because I swam in high school. And at like a county meet where there were six or seven different schools, I was standing and some students decided to pants me on the on the pool deck. So I have no clue who noticed. I'm pretty oh, sure I pulled my pants my up real quick. God. But I have to say what makes it really embarrassing is I is I never knew the amount of people that actually saw but what really made it what really made it embarrassing is because American Eagle was like the shit back then. Definitely. And I had like American Eagle underwear was too expensive. Definitely. But I did find some clearance boxers that were white with a bunch of orange eagles all the American Eagle logo all over them. You were wearing the off-brand eagles when you got No, they were on brand. They were just clearance at American Eagle. <laughs> So it's like the one time you wear the odd underwear, that's when you get pantsed on the pool oh deck God. in front of hundreds, probably. Wow. So, yeah. That is such a good story. I'm really glad we went into the archives for that. And middle schoolers. And when you're in ninth grade, you're trying to be a big dog, right? You're trying not to be like seen yeah. as, as, a, as a joke. You want to be taken seriously with authority. And all Maybe. of that was ripped from, from me in that pantsed moment. Mostly me abandoning like all rules and never doing what I was supposed to be doing that kind of about ab ab abandoned that for me in high school, but, but the pants situation. Yeah. That would have done it too. So wow. funny. I love that. That's my embarrassing story. Let's do big mad energy. Okay, cool. So, uh, <laughs> big man energy. Welcome to the scene. <laughs> hmm. What you mad about now? Y'all really pressed over that shit. Wow. Big mad you got big mad energy you just want an excuse to hate acting like i really can so big mad energy we have this video that was viral this week and actually there are lots of articles about it where this pastor that is always wildin is named uh greg greg lock uh. and greg is we're going to play the clip, but for those of you that are trigger, uh, trigger warning, are, trigger warning, trigger warning for sure that are listening, he 
he takes a baseball bat at the top of the bat. He wraps a Bible around it and then duct tapes it. And then he has like a giant Barbie dream house on stage that I wish I could have had before it was demolished. I know. Right. Those are expensive. Those are expensive. And he starts like beating it for a big deal point, which Chelsea, I don't even know if you remember the point, but I mean, I can only imagine he was basically saying with the authority of scripture, you destroy the demonic presence of Barbie. Yeah. It says members of the church told the news in Tennessee that they were involved in a quote unquote spiritual supernatural battle that must be fought with the word of God. (laughs) That was what it was. So uh, let's roll the clip and let you guys take a look for yourself. And again, if you're watching or if you're listening and not watching, sorry about that, but you can definitely Google this later, but we'll uh, take a second to play that clip now. The stronghold comes down when you demolish it with the Bible. You gotta start tearing that mess up. You gotta break it down. You gotta cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself. You gotta get in the Bible and beat that stronghold to death. I can't. Chelsea, if you were in the front row and you didn't know to expect that with your praise and worship that day. Oh my God. How do you react? First of all, to be in a church with anyone named Greg Locke, like immediately, no. So it would never happen. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. But hypothetically, I didn't know anything about the the church world. And I never heard this dude's name before. And I never knew how psychologically um, actually like undiagnosed insane he was. Then I honestly, I really have no idea what I would do. But I think... I think I would get up and like face the people and I would just be like, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just like everybody, like everybody stop, like stop the show. You know what I mean? Seriously. And I'm not even kidding because I, where are the cameras? If I, yeah, right. Like if I ever was in a situation that was really like that, that was that bad. I've been in situations that are one tenth what that was. And I blasted them on TikTok. Like, let alone if I was sitting in the room while that was going on, like, there's no way. Chelsea, <laughs> why do you think the gospel makes room for the American dream, but not Barbie's dream house? Bro. bro. <laughs> and that's the thing, dude. Like, <laughs> this dude taped a Bible. Like, can we just roll the clip? No, I'm just kidding. Like, honestly, I want you guys to watch like 10 more times, but it's very triggering. But it's like this dude literally taped a Bible. And the scripture that he taped was 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the God, through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it's like Gregory Locke, bro, you have some strongholds. If anybody needs to be beating anybody, God is probably trying to use that message to beat the shit out of you to like wake up. Like you are so, Mm -hmm. uh, you are out of your mind, bro. So it's just so ironic that God was like probably really trying to speak to him and say some stuff, but but somehow that turned into him him doing this. And I just think, wow, mistranslation there, buddy. You, you missed a few things. Imagine if a record-breaking movie like Barbie 
helps women feel empowered. Imagine the type of scared you must feel if you've been preaching patriarchy the your entire life as a pastor. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, it's your whole theology. Everything you do is based on this idea that you are better than everyone in your church because you are a white male. Everything. Right? It's your it's your skin color. It's your gender. Even your age. You know, I'm sure there's some ageism there with him. I I mean, there's. <laughs> He's like the worst. Yeah. So it's just like you, you've built your whole, your whole church, your board, your, everybody that surrounds themselves with you, you've built this on this idea that you are superior. So yeah, it, yeah God forbid a movie comes out that, that threatens that you better tape your damn Bible to it and freaking figure that out. So. I didn't Google this in preparation for the podcast, but I, I can't believe I didn't think to look up like, what is Mark Driscoll saying about <laughs> the Barbie movie? I got you. I got you. Mark Driscoll <laughs> used to be, what was that church? Mars Hill? Mars Hill. Mark Driscoll be, Mark Driscoll be. But now he, he's still pastoring Chelsea. Like yeah, he's, he's somewhere in like Texas at a, a Trinity church or something. I know. And um, this article right here is from uh, August 17th. So just a few days ago. And it says, Mark Driscoll declares war on the woke beta male pastors. <laughs> And it, and it says disgraced pastor Mark Driscoll <laughs> recently referred to president Joe Biden as Ahab say, said the Jezebel spirit canceled Easter during the pandemic. He also claimed that neutered and compromised beta male pastors who don't call out our current woke agendas are to blame for society's ills. And I can't even keep going, but yeah, like, yeah, like, of course he did. Of course he said that. <laughs> like it's just, and he's still a pastor. Like people still sit at this dude's church I can't. That beta male, alpha male thing is real triggering for me. I know. I know it is. I didn't mean to. I didn't expect it. You told me to Google it. <laughs> no, for real though. Oh my gosh. It just, it's just so sad. And oh, what I wanted to say though about that, but you know what really pissed me off about that, which is going to kind of lead us into maybe our next conversation. Who knows? Because yeah. we just kind of take, we let the wind take us, you know, the Holy Spirit, I mean. Um, and so we... Um, what really pissed me off about that is that like no pastor spoke up about it. Now, let me say this. I'm sure a bunch of them didn't know, but I know there are a bunch of them that knew that saw it, that read it and not one like spoke out against it, except like a couple right. that I saw. And it's like, that's something that every one of you should have been speaking up against, but I can almost guarantee like at least 70% of you were too scared to say something about it because you know there are people in your very own congregation that tithe to you, that go to your church, that sit in your pews, that agree with Greg Locke. So yeah. you were too you were too coward to call it out. And I'm not saying that about everyone, but I just think there are a lot of pastors that I know for sure that the reason that they didn't post against this situation yeah. is because they didn't want to piss off their people. They didn't want to piss off the conservatives. Or they are them. Yep. They agree. Yep. Yeah, you either agree or you're scared of those in your congregation that do agree. Yep. It is an insane blessing and privilege to have Sycamore Creek Church as one of our sponsors on the Religious Dropouts podcast. When we launched this podcast, we never imagined accepting a church sponsorship. But this church really does just hit different. The community of people really do believe in Jesus and justice. They're also LGBTQ plus affirming, which means that all are included and welcome no matter who we love. They put action and effort into working for racial equity, and they deeply care about being multiculturally curious, creative, and compassionate. 
If there was a church the religious dropouts could preach a live sermon or podcast at, this would so be it. If church isn't for you, please ignore this ad. But if you are curious about what the body of Christ looks like, this Jesus-loving congregation is located in Lansing, Michigan, and is launching a campus in the Eastwood area on October 1st. Tell Pastor Tom that Brandon and Chelsea said hey. Yep. And that made me think about when I said our next conversation, because it, it kind of gave me this, like that secret allyship frustration again. Mm -hmm. And Brandon, I don't know, like I, I said this on episode five and here we are on what episode 15, I'm saying it again. You, we are in 2023, dude, your, your allyship behind closed doors is unforgivable at this point. Like I, I am so like, I'm so sick of like, it was like, and even with June being pride month or like pride in, in my hometown was this weekend. And I just see these pastors not saying anything. And yeah. I'm like, God, do you have any clue how many students need to hear you <clears throat> advocate for them, need to see you give a shit. And it's right. just like, I'm so tired of the, of the, of the secret, you know, how many Nazarene pastors I know sitting in the freaking closet, affirming teenagers, but not saying it out loud. Like, it's, I'm just so done, dude. I'm so, I'm so at capacity with that. Right. And, or even like, we believe women have the gifts and graces, yeah. but you won't challenge the systems that stop them. Exactly. And by systems, I mean, very, uh, very, uh, easy things to change exactly. in your own congregations. Like I'm exactly. talking like, non-denominational churches where their boards are they control them it's not the same as every four years you have to go to a general assembly right you won't change the systems that will help those people that you believe are called enough to be anything right verbally when you're talking to them in a counseling session or something like that exactly but then you you'll you'll support the theology that says like well yeah kind of so i just don't get it i i really don't i'm just so i'm just uh it makes me think of <clears throat> it makes me think of grooming yeah and how um and how they'll support systems that in in theologies that that they'll say is god god given yeah but they'll but they won't deny the they'll deny the fingerprints of of any human uh construct being built into it yeah and but what i mean by that is like Humans have issues with racism, sexism, uh, homophobia. No, not if you're and, a Christian. And... No, 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 no. We're all God's children. Sure. We're all we're all the same, right? It, right. We should be, if if only Christians treated each other like they meant that. Right. Yeah. And advocated like you're talking about for systems that that right. push against the against the racism, against the bigotry. And, and vote that way and act that way and do things that way, but they don't. So, but instead they're commonly on the sides that, that, that support them and uphold them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you brought up grooming because I've heard that conversation so much in the LGBTQ community. I've heard so many people talk about that. Um, I, I had, I made a post once about my daughter's favorite book being a day with my two dads or whatever. And mm -hmm. one of the messages I got was that books like that are grooming little kids. Right. And I, I thought that was so interesting because I don't understand it. I don't understand how you could ever make something that's just about love sexual 
And I don't yep. understand how you can always turn it into, into a grooming conversation and, and always involve kids. It's weird to me. But right. the reason it's it's so weird to me is because I thought I thought of two things. I thought number one, what I, the real grooming that I see happening 10 times more than not or than any other community is the grooming of church leaders and um, Christian parents yep. grooming their kids into this systemic, this, this broken systemic, um, I don't even know what you call it, organization, institution yep. that is corrupt in a lot of places, in a lot of ways. And they, and they raise them up to be quiet and they raise them up to not be curious and not ask questions. And, and I'm like, the real grooming is not happening in the LGBTQ community. The real grooming really literally is happening right, right in your churches. And it's, it's you. Did you see the documentary? I know we're probably late to this, but what's that happy little people or something? No, um, that that was on Netflix. That is a hilarious title you just you just dropped for other reasons. But you're talking about um, happy, shiny people or something. And happy. What are little, we talking about here? Happy, shiny people. Happy little people is a little people show about people. Really? That are, yeah, it's about people that. <laughs> I don't know what the correct term is, but it, but um, they're just a little bit shorter than us, and it's about their yep. life. And then happy shiny people or whatever it is, I can't think of the title, but you're right about the Duggars, which was interesting because yeah. they didn't talk that much about the Duggars, but they did talk about grooming. That was the whole thing. Well, in the church that they belong to, yeah. I, Jackie Funny. watched it. Yeah. Maybe we'll watch it and then give our give our thoughts one episode. But like, yeah, Jackie and I talked about it. We both watched it. I oh really? Yeah. So I would I would pop into the room. Do you know those times where you're like significant others watching something and you're like, oh, and yeah. then you just want to know what's going on. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so you find yourself standing there for 30 minutes watching a part yes. of their episode. And I, yes. I was I was sweating only after 30 minutes of watching some of the content at, at the it's a grooming conversation around yes. the way these parents and these pastors and churches. Yeah. Uh, really groomed their these kids into into being um what they wanted them to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we see it all the time, but it's like why are why is nobody willing to have that conversation? You guys are so willing to talk about like predators in the LGBT community and god forbid like what if a dude right. uses their bathroom? Like it's just so like the craziest shit. And it's like aren't you more scared that your pastor is going to molest your daughter because typically statistically your, your pastor is going to rape your daughter before anyone transgender in your bathroom is. And that's, yeah. I don't care what you say about that's statistics. That's not just yep. me like, talking, like talking shit. That's like real nope. life stats. So <laughs> like focus on what really is the grooming problem and what really is going on. And how do we, how do we like fix that issue before you're worried about like other communities? Every time there's any sense of uh, representation in the media, it's a group. It, the conservatives go hard on the grooming. And Christians, and I don't yeah. even want to say that of conservatives. Um, it's it's mainly Christians too. Yeah, evangelicals. Um, the evangelicals. Right. That will. Yeah, even evangelical Christians. That you know, if Pixar makes uh, makes a woman standing next to another woman, and they have a child someday, like that. That's an issue Boycott to these Pixar. people. Boycott Pixar. I know, but it, but it's I know like some people. But you're I know okay. some people that, that stopped going to Disney altogether. Bros. Oh, my. Stop. I can't even handle it. 
but that's what I mean. Like they'll be like, ban it, ban it, ban it. But then you have a Got movie, it. you have a be- uh, you have a movie like Beauty and the Beast, Br- bro. Tell me right now. I I want to meet one father. I want to meet one dad that would say that Gaston's representation of pursuing Bell is is morally right. Yep. And is, 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 is like appropriate in any capacity. Like I want to know the way he speaks to her, the way, so I'm not trying to rewrite history, right? I love beating the beast. Like we don't need to cancel it. Yep. I'm not saying take, I'm just, I'm just saying you're telling me right now, you would rather your kid watch that kind of coercion and that kind of grooming rather than watch a movie where two characters might be the same gender and they have a family. Like, yep. What's more dangerous to you? And ain't that it, it, so if a gay man dances with another one at the end credits or whatever, <laughs> that's grooming. Right. But literally Gaston can barge into Bell's house. Right. It, it, kick his boots off, almost take her dress off. Like right. all right. literally like get in her way, doesn't yes. respond to no. And that's not right. sexual harassment. Right. But, but, LeFou, but LeFou dancing with the man at the end. Oh, that movie's that's time for the gay agenda. Where's my and it's ballroom dancing. It's not even like it's not even the yeah, bump and grind or anything that, okay? that you might have had at your high school, right? Right, at your public school gym. Brandon's done ballroom dancing. He knows it's not gay. Okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's right. Um, according to my, you can gay quote agenda, me on that. <laughs> according to my gay agenda handbook. Oh, yep, ballroom dancing, gay. Okay, yep. Lafu, gay. Gaston. Secretly gay. Grew up in a very conservative Thank you for office. joining us at the Gay Agenda meeting on this August <laughs> 24th. So um as as we as we wrap up gay agendas, uh I went to Pride this weekend. It was so cool. I'll I'll see if Alicia can throw up some pictures um if she has time, which <laughs> I know this episode she's editing the turnaround times pretty quick, but um she has a couple of pictures of us from Pride. We went together and um that was really cool. It was in Toledo. So Toledo Obviously, Pride Month is in June, if you didn't know that. But Toledo does their own Pride um, in August. And so they do that every year. It's a huge parade, huge event, downtown Toledo. And so that was this past weekend. I went to that. So that was awesome. That's amazing. How did it feel? Because I know this was your first Pride, uh, you know, since you've been publicly out. Since you've been away from a denomination that... uh, I'm just kidding. That would have never allowed you to wear... Any, they hardly allowed oh, you to wear anything that said uh, "You are loved" you with are a rainbow loved. behind it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but to be yeah. there, and you have to tell tell the story of kind of what your uh, what your therapist said. Oh yeah, well, I it felt amazing, um, and I think it felt so amazing because last year I went to the Pride brunch. It was on a Sunday. And I wore a shirt that said, sounds gay, I'm in. And Alicia would take pictures of us and I would tell her, make sure you crop my chest. Like, don't post my shirt. Because I was still, I was just transitioning out of the Nazarene church. Oh, and, wow. Um, and I remember just feeling scared. Like, what if I saw somebody or what if someone saw me down there with a gay shirt, you know, or whatever. And this year, like, I wore a shirt that said, Biconic. And... I, I wore, you know, pink and blue makeup and, and I just really was so comfortable and free. And like, I think that the coolest part about being there was not the way that I felt about myself, 
But when I was in ministry, I dreamed of a world where the LGBTQ community could be and be safe. And I remember having like these Bible studies with like, you know, kids that were identified in the LGBTQ community of some, like any kind of facet. Maybe they were gay, maybe they were lesbian, maybe they were bisexual, maybe they're transgender, but in some capacity, they identified with the community. And I would do like Bible studies with these kids. Like sometimes at camp, sometimes in my own town, I was pre pastoring in and, um, and I always dreamed that like they would find spaces where it wasn't something special and like private that they had to do, but it could be something where they were like safe and welcome. And I remember getting out of the Uber when we got dropped off down there. Cause it, you know, it's so crazy down there. And all you saw was like this, like hundreds of kids and adults and all this rainbow and all this glitter and all this joy and all these people just free. Like, it, like it was the most beautiful. It felt like heaven to me. Like I, like I just like closed my eyes for a second. I told Alicia, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'm already crying. And I was already crying because not only did I feel like I was at home, but I also mm -hmm. looked around and I'm like, I know that every one of these people here, this is their, this is their community and they don't have to hide and they don't have to be ashamed and they don't have to be scared. Like they belong here and they wholeheartedly belong here. Like no one had wow. to make space for them. It's just here. And so it was just so, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Were there churches that walked in the parade? Oh my God. Yeah. There was like seven. They were awesome. Wow. And the one, I took a picture of the one, I'll have to pull it up. But as I was, um, as I was getting ready to go, I had therapy that, that day, uh, or the day before I had therapy. And, um, when I was getting off the phone with my therapist, cause I'd been seeing her for two years, she said, um, she said, Hey, Chelsea, are you going to be at pride this weekend? And I was like, yeah. And her name is Claire. Claire, I know you listen to this. Love you, boo. She's the best therapist in the whole world. Um, Ooh, anyway, thank you, I was like, yeah, you're, you're best Claire. Thanks for keeping us alive in here. Um, and she, uh, she said to me, are you going to pray? I said, yeah. And, um, she said, I just want you to remember how far you've come. And I really want you to live into every moment when you're there because it's like sacred for you because you, this is what we worked for. This is what we dreamed about was this day, right. you know? And I remember being in therapy two years ago and talking about my identity and talking about how I wish I could be open about it. I wish I could talk to people about it. I wish I could be free to post about it and share about pride and share about um, how LGBTQ students can be kept safe um, organizations right. that support them. Like I dreamed of this life and it was like, Claire just reminded me that like, I'm living it. Like I'm living in, in my identity now. Yeah. Um, like you made it, you know, I mean, we still got a lot to go, but so this, this church, it was Monroe street church and they, oh my gosh, this picture is so cool, but they had this huge rainbow float. It was awesome with like rainbow flames and their sign on the back of the truck says God is straight. And then it's crossed out. And then it says God is cis. And then it's crossed out. And then it says God is love. And then like a big heart. And I just, ugh. The joy from those people as they threw candy and kids walked with rainbow shirts and it was just so beautiful. And wow. I was like, thank God for this representation. Imagine, I mean, I'm just having a hard time, honestly, like thinking of those kids walking the parade. Oh, and it was so beautiful. There were so many kids. So I know, many kids. I just, I know, I just know what, what a difference that would have made um, in my life, in several of my peers' lives that like, 
if they if they were allowed to walk in parades or not even allowed if they were shown the way of what it looks like to love people Mm -hmm. um in in saying like i don't have to be like you i don't have to be you you're like but like i or or i am you but like that whole thing and they get to walk in a parade wearing that t-shirt and they'll grow up in a in a church that that sees people as human beings, right? And not objects of the devil, uh, the devil, uh, objects of the devil, or like evil, or um. It's just wild. What I just can't imagine how those kids will grow up. Do you know what I mean? How we what, how we hope what a blessing. Yeah. I read this quote the other day. I shared it on our Instagram. It says, "If a church will baptize you, receive your tithes." use your talents and insist on loyalty from you, but will not ordain or marry you because of who you love. That church is not being the church. Yeah. Um, unfortunately though, I was there probably like 20 minutes before I noticed um, protesters on the other side of the street. Hmm. And the hardest part was these protesters were um, intermingled. Handing out water bottles. Yeah. Right. You'd think being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. They, so fruit snacks or something. We'll show a picture. Cause it's really disturbing actually. Um, yeah. but trigger they, warning. they congregate. Yes. No, seriously. They congregated behind like a bunch of kids too. There's a bunch of kids on the corner where they decided to post up for a while. Yeah. And I walked over to them and I said, Hey, I'm going to take a picture with you to make you guys look like assholes, but it's too bad that you're such cowards. Your face is covered. Cause they covered their, you'll see in the picture. And the, the one guy that did not have a face covering just smiled, right? Because, like, I don't mean anything to them. And then I said, and by the way, because one of their signs says, save our kids, save our nation. And I said, I just want you to know, for the sake of all these kids behind me and my own daughter, because I'm a mom of a four-year-old, you are way more disturbing than any drag queen or any LGBTQ person that's here in this parade. Mm-hmm. You and, and, and your, your following are 10 times scarier to these kids. And then I, I took my selfie and then I walked away and I literally cannot believe, you know, they had an American flag because naturally they're saving the nation. Right. And they had masks over their face, right? Cause cowards naturally. And the signs that they held were save our kids, save our nation and men can't become women. And I just thought like it, it feels different when you're there. And the most beautiful thing was not one per I was like the only person that said anything to them. Everyone was so peaceful and so loving and, and they didn't even pay them any, they, they moved like three times because nobody even would pay attention to them. And I'm like, I just, what a beautiful group of humans. Like I couldn't even do that. Wild. It was crazy. Yeah. But it's a it's a pretty scary reality that those guys are walking around in high schools. You know, those guys yeah. are preaching in your churches. You know, those guys are leading your Bible studies in your Sunday schools, like and and you being silent about your advocacy for the community or your support, your allyship, um, right. is what gives those guys more room to have a stage. So there be if you're a pastor and you're listening to this. And we've talked, we kind of, this episode is being marked by this idea of like, 
Well, a couple ideas, but I would say you've said a couple times, Chelsea, like, I wish your advocacy was louder than it was. Absolutely. And I just think like, if you could see your, your, the eyes of your student underneath those masks, you need to ask yourself if, if, if you can imagine that and you can imagine a student that you've had or that you do have, then you have a responsibility for your advocacy because that's right. It literally costs people their lives when, when, when these kind of people decide that, that if they just intervene, they will, they'll make a difference. Uh, uh, violently intervening i would say and they they really do think that that will that will change their world if they just take out an ally or a member of this community yep and i think Um, that that is a good segue into into this you know this horrible devastating piece of news that we yeah write about this week um the death of Laura. Um, I can't think of her last name, but she was a Canadian woman who, um, Brandon, I know we just looked at a news story about this recently and it just happened this past week. Do you want to lend a little bit more context for us? Um, Laura uh, Ann Carlton was 66 and she died from, uh, from a gunshot wound. Um, She was outside of her store on, I think, last Friday evening in California and um and this guy um Travis Ikiguchi I think is how, wow I don't that know was a I'm way better pronunciation right. than I would have got but yeah yeah so Travis decides to um decides to have an altercation with this woman because she hangs up a, pl- a pride flag outside of her store and uh, in the the sheriff or the officer says in this article on CNN, which we'll link in the bio, says that this was what it was about. And this uh, this so this 27 year old Travis, uh, I'm 28 for the record. But uh, somebody my age decided to to shoot a 66 year old woman over over a pride flag she had in her window. Um. Or outside of her store hanging or like, I, you know, you know you no, no, I, 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 you know, I heard a pastor preach once and he said something like this. Um, I, do you know that there are teachers being persecuted for not calling transgenders by their name? So these kids come in and, and Becky wants to be um, Billy, Billy, whatever. And, and I, um, and if the teacher doesn't respect that, then they get, they get fired. So this teacher is fighting back because, and he references this pastor references a story um, where a, a, a teacher is fighting in the Supreme court or was fighting in the Supreme court because he lost his job over not respecting a student's pronouns. This was a while ago. And this pastor is preaching this message. And and here's what I want to say, though. There were a lot of people that were fans of this pastor that when I spoke out about it directly on my TikTok, you can go right to my page and watch it. It's still up. Despite the fact that you guys have reported it over 20 times, TikTok still has not taken it down. 
I've, I fought it every time and it's never lost. Hmm. And, um, I, I, people had asked me, why did you do that? And I want you to know why I did it is because Travis, the woman who shot or the man who shot this woman was very vocal about his hate for this community. He was yeah. very derogatory. He was very blunt. He was very, there was no doubt that this man, and I have an article right here, and I don't know if we'll link it because we've got a lot of shit we've talked about, but in this article, I can literally, and I, I'll pull it up right now, um, there are literally tweets of him talking about the LGBTQ community being a dictatorship, talking about what are we going to do with these people, showing, showing visual images, sharing images on his Twitter of burning the rainbow flag. And then mentioning his sacred um, bond to Christ. So I just, I think this is the stuff you guys, like don't ever ask me again, why I call out bigotry when I hear it. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Why do you not? Because this is what happens. We don't call bigotry out. We let it go. Or we just think like, it's not that bad. Or they didn't say anything that homophobic or whatever, even though it was blatantly disrespectful and blatantly derogatory, but we don't yep. call it out because we're cowards. And then literally a 28-year or a 27-year-old young man that had a million signs that this was how he felt about this community goes and murders a woman and everyone wants to be like, wow, I cannot believe that actually happened. You can't? Somebody who I love but I think is is has a hard time seeing the, the truth of these kind of stories said something when you posted those TikToks said something like, Brandon, it's an issue because people go into churches and shoot pastors for these kind of things. And more stories and statistics that say Actually, that it's the kids, uh, it's the people that are in those, that are the ears of under that, under those voices that will go take up arms and will go and will go, go shoot up schools and go shoot up clubs and uh, and women at their own yep. store that wave pride flags. Yep. Those are the kids that are in kids by people in their twenties yep. that are, that are shooting up people yep. just, just because they are willing to lean into who they are or who they love. So as much as I loved that person that said like, that I just kind of said yeah. awkwardly. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not that what you think of that situation. It's not that because people like Greg Locke are going to still be able to preach tomorrow safely from the pulpit because there are right. hundreds of people under the sound right. of their voice that agree. And they'll always step in front of that guy for whatever whack reason. Yep. That's right. But it's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't nope, surprise me shot. for one second yep. if this person that shot that shot this woman, Laura, if if the person, Travis, that was the shooter, if he listened to Greg Locke. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Not one ounce. Yeah. So as I was looking up, like, do, do they have an online store? What could I do? Are they doing something? They're uh, a partner organization that Laura worked with a lot. Uh, Laura and her family quickly in the store, the store, this organization and her family uh, made a fund for Laura 
um, where she's they're collecting money on her on her on her behalf. Um, That's awesome for anybody that that has sympathy or whatnot. They're they're giving it to this organization, and um, you know what I'm shocked about is like Laura has kids. Uh, there's definitely Community things that Laura probably could use, but um, this fund is going to uh, um, to community initiatives, to education, to uh, help broaden um, LGBTQ plus awareness, equity, and inclusion. Um, and I'm just, yeah. I guess I'm just kind of shocked. I'm always shocked when people give of themselves differently. When when they're pat when they pass and families choose to still look out for the people that people like Laura were looking out for, um, you know I've been to a lot of funerals of people that give to like their high school sports funds or whatnot, but it it means a whole lot more yeah. when they're willing to yeah I um, couldn't agree more take care take care of people's whose lives are on, at stake really so tragic story it. it Honestly, frustrates me. I just think me. it's devastating that, and the Bud Light can was way more known than the story of Laura's murder over a pride flag. And I grieve that so much that yeah, the death that her death doesn't invoke anger in everybody. Like I grieve that. Um, and it's just, it's just really hard. Yep. It's just really hard. Um, but I have this, this poem that I think we may have read before, but I'd like to close us out with this because I don't know um, necessarily, but what I do know is that by the grace of God and by mm -hmm. the manifestation of my identity, we have attracted somehow quite the following of people from the LGBTQ community plus community. Mm -hmm. So my friend sent me this poem um, back a couple of years ago when I was yeah. slowly making the rounds of, of kind of coming out to my closest friends and family. She sent me this and I want to share it with you tonight before we kind of sign off. And it's titled Jesus at the gay bar. <laughs> and it says he's yeah. here in the midst of it, right at the center of the dance floor robes hitched up to his knees to make it easy for him to spin at some point in the evening a boy will touch the hem of his robe and beg to be healed beg to be anything other than this and he will reach out his arms sweat damp and weary from dance he'll cup this boy's face in his hands and say my beautiful child there is nothing in this heart of yours that has ever needed to be healed. And I really, I hope that you know that always, but even more than you knowing it or as much as you knowing it, I hope that you have the audacity and the boldness for people just like Laura to stand up for people like her to advocate for this community and start speaking up in the times when it would be easier to be silent. And that is just the depths of my, of my soul today. We love you guys. 
Hey fam, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Religious Dropouts Podcast. We hope it gave you a space to breathe, to laugh, and connect. It's our hope that as you journey along with us, that you too might find yourself saying, damn, it feels good to be a dropout. Be sure to check out our show notes for links to anything mentioned in this episode, including ways to connect with us on social media. We'd also love for you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with anyone you know who might want to join our community. You are loved. Have a great week.